Hey there, listeners. This is Matthew with another Conference Talk Shorts Edition. When I was a teenager, my role model was a man by the name of Brother Wells. He was everything that I wanted to be. He was extremely well-educated. He was deeply versed in the scriptures and based in his testimony and his foundation in the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the qualities that I admired about him was that he was a polyglot. He could speak many languages. I often heard him refer to things in French and Spanish and Italian and Latin and German and all these other wonderful languages. I one day asked him in the car, well, how many languages is it that you've mastered, Brother Wells? And he looked at me funny. He said, none. I was confused. Here we are having a good conversation in English. Last I checked, I said, what do you mean none? He said, I'm competent in seven languages, but I haven't mastered any. You see, mastery is much more than just being able to converse, more than fluency in reading and writing. There are very few masters of language. Look at Shakespeare. He is a master of the English language. Very few ever rise to that level. That conversation stuck with me as it redefined what I set as my bar of mastery. I want to share another story that deeply impacted me, this one from much earlier in my childhood. I've heard the story exactly once, but it's stuck with me ever since. I've since looked it up, and it's from a 1973 General Conference talk, so I don't know how it ended up in my lap, but here it is. There's this young boy, and he gets hired by a countess to come take care of her lawn because her gardener quit. And after a day of work and she coming out and pointing out the problems and him fixing it and taking all day of doing this, she said, let me explain how the pricing of this job is going to be. There are as many ways of mowing a lawn as there are people. And they may be worth anywhere from a penny to $5. Let's say that a $3 job would be what you have just done today. Except that you'd have something have to be something of a fool to spend that much time on a lawn. A $5 lawn, well that's, well, that's impossible, so we'll just forget about that. Now then, each week, I'm going to pay you according to your own evaluation of your work. And so each week, this boy would come and work on the lawn, and most of the time it was $2, $2.50, and she says, oh, you do that little work, and you're probably going to be fired. So he upped his game, and he worked harder, and eventually he got to the point where he was consistently doing about a $3 to $3.50 job. And she said, you know, don't feel bad about that. That's okay. There are very few people who do even a $4 job on a lawn. Well, that really got under his skin. And he lay there and I, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, $5 would be awesome, but that's impossible. But you know, gosh darn it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make the impossible possible. I'm going to do a $5 job on the lawn if it kills me. And so the next week he did a $5 job. And the level of effort he put in was extraordinary. He was at her house well before sunrise, early in the morning, and stayed there till well after sunset. The entire day he was working on her lawn. He was walking around with his bare feet, feeling for the tiny wormholes that no one else would see. He was smoothing the dirt in, his, in her garden with his fingers until it was as smooth as velvet. He was taking a ruler and he was measuring the individual blades of grass along the edge to make them all a consistent uniform length. This was an insane amount of effort that he put in. And after an entire, effectively day and a half worth of work outside in the sun, he went to her and she said, well, how much did you earn this time? And he said, $5. And she said, $5 is impossible. He says, well, I just did it. So she came outside and inspected and agreed it was indeed a $5 lawn. The impossible had been done. And then he explains this lesson. 
Young man, she said, putting her hand on my shoulder, what on earth made you do such a crazy, wonderful thing? And she answers for him. It's how you felt when this first idea, this idea first came to you of caring for a lawn that I told you was impossible. It made you very happy when it first came, then a little frightened. I know how you felt because the same thing happens to almost everyone. They feel the sudden burst in them of wanting to do some great thing. They feel a wonderful happiness, but then it passes because they've said, no, I can't do that. It's impossible. Whenever something in you says it's impossible, remember to take a careful look and see if it isn't really God asking you to grow an inch or a foot or a mile that you may come to a fuller life. The first lesson that you take from these stories is that the bar is far higher than we originally think when we start out. At the time that I was talking with Brother Wells, I was in high school taking AP Spanish and feeling awfully proud of myself. Five years of Spanish and four years of high school, this is pretty good, and I'm pretty competent in it. I can read the scriptures, and I'm going out on exchanges with the missionaries, and I'm having discussions, and it's going great, and I'm feeling so good, and then I have this lesson with my mentor, and he says, you don't understand, mastery is so much higher than you ever thought. Here's this boy working on the lawn, and she says, you don't understand, a $5 job is impossible, and his sights get set far higher than he could have dreamed. The second lesson that I want to teach is that the bar is reachable. That young man could actually reach that bar, even though it seems so daunting at first. And when we consider the commandment from Jesus Christ to be perfect, that seems impossible. But we remember, number one, that in the sum total of our life, that commandment is eternal in nature. We are not expected to be perfect in all things in life. But that doesn't mean that we can't be perfect in some things. I want to share this great quote from President Kimball. It's possible to be perfect in tithe paying. For if one pays one-tenth of his income annually he, annually, he is perfect in that respect. It is possible to become perfect in avoiding a swearing habit. For if one locks his mouth against all words of cursing, he is en route to perfection in that matter. If one studies the scriptures with all reasonable devotion, he has approached the perfection in that matter also. In other words, we can't be perfect in everything, but maybe we can be perfect in something. I recently installed an app on my phone, a very simple app, but a very important app called Habits. And it's very simple. I list off the things that I expect myself to do through the day. And at the end of each day, I see all the things there in a check mark next to the day. And I grade myself, similar to the boy with a lawn, on how I think I did on developing that Christ-like attribute or even just that menial thing. And each day I can look and see how well I did for the day. There have been a handful of perfect days I've had, $5 lawn days, where I can look back and say, yes, I put forth my effort and I checked off every single thing that I've decided to focus on for this week. Perfection is indeed possible when you take it in small doses. And that's an important thing to note as well. When the boy is sharing his experience with the lawn, he talked about how difficult it was to achieve that $5 lawn. He says after two hours of his work, he was ready to give up for the day. Nine o'clock in the morning and my will was already gone. It was only by accident that I discovered how to regain my will. Sitting under a walnut tree for a few minutes after finishing the rolling, which I don't know, I didn't mow lawns back in the early 20th century. Maybe that's something different. I fell asleep. 
When I woke up minutes later, the lawn looked so good and felt so good under my feet, I was anxious to get on with the job. I followed this secret for the rest of the day, dozing for a few minutes every hour to regain my perspective and replenish my strength. That phrase, regain my perspective, popped out at me, and it made me remember an experience when I was on youth trek. I was pulling a hand cart, we were going up a large hill, and I looked back and I was surprised to see way off in the distance what I had remembered is the place we had started that morning. Well, here it was only two o'clock and look how far we'd come. I was impressed by this and I mentioned it to the person who's pulling the handcart with me. I said, wow, look out there. We, we were over there. Look how far we've come. A girl happened over here and she shared it in testimony meeting that she'd never considered to look backward. All she saw was the grueling hill up ahead and it wasn't until someone, me by chance in this case, pointed out how far we'd come that she could actually regain that perspective to give her the force to move forward. I know that at least I am constantly weighed down with the things that I have yet to do in the future, the things that are yet ahead of me. And when I focus on all of that, I feel so discouraged. But I try and think back to the $5 lawn. Take the nap once an hour to regain perspective. Take a look at what has been done and feel joy in it and let that joy catapult you forward into what is to come. I'll put a link to the talk of the $5 lawn and also the link to President Kimball's quote I just shared into the show notes, but I want to close with this invitation to everyone who listens. I would invite you to install a similar app to the one that I described. I've had it on my phone for a few months now, and it's really been a game changer to report back at the end of the day, to set personal spiritual priorities. Maybe it's how well did I do at controlling my temper? Maybe it's how well did I do on making sure that we have scripture study as a family every day. Maybe it's, did I spend a moment of time reading my chapter in the book? Whatever your goals are, list them in some sort of app like that that requires you to follow up every day. President Monson has a great quote that says, when performance is measured, performance improves. When performance is measured and reported, the rate of improvement accelerates. You can tell I memorized that. That's a big one and preach my gospel. That's why missionaries report their numbers all the time. Being able to give yourself a grade and report back like that little boy to the lady whose lawn he was cutting really helps give you perspective behind to see what you've already done and give you motivation to reach for that high bar in the future and have just a few, once in a while, a few perfect days. The second invitation is to take time to rest. Read your old journals. If you're not journaling, start now. Look back on where you have been. Look back on what your struggles have been in the past and see how far you've come. Look at your life through heaven's eyes, as the Prince of Egypt soundtrack will invite you to do. Invite Heavenly Father to help you see yourself the way that He sees you, and that may give you just the motivation you need if you're in a funk like I sometimes tend to be. I'll catch y'all next week.